Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. Keith, come on, quick. Now, I don't know why on earth Keith has got a, a short sleeve shirt. He's obviously far more of a man than... So get off. Talk him. So that's great. So let me just pray. Is that okay I'll for you? I'll probably then? move it over when you. <laughs> yeah, so Father, thank you for Keith Lords. Mm. Thank you for the word that he will bring us. I pray for power that the word will have, Lord God, that will really cut through to bone and marrow in our hearts, Lord. I pray this word will go out uh, into people's homes and find a home in their hearts, Lord. Mm. So, Father, I just pray, bless Keith now. In Jesus' name, as we hear your word, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Good. Right. Is this a good position? (laughs) Good. Um, Excellent. So I want to start by saying, telling you a little bit about about myself. Um, There's actually quite a lot of you I don't don't know that well. So um, I want to say a couple of things um, about me. Um, So... Quite a lot of people say that I'm usually quite a calm person, that I, I'm sort of person who thinks before I speak. Um, people sometimes say at work, well, you dealt with that really calmly. Um, that's great. I don't think I'd have done that. I want to let you into a bit of a secret. Like, there are some things that stop me from being calm. And um, my family well know some of these things. So here's three of them. DIY. Um, I am not at all an expert, and it generally leads to a lot of stress. Um, having to ask for help, also something that makes me stressed. Um, having to make decisions, another one. So it's a bit like this. Um, as a maths teacher, I had to include um, some maths. So I've got a Venn diagram here. Um, so eat one of those things on their own, as you can see, makes me a bit sad, makes me a bit stressed but if we've got two of those things overlapping if you could just click on to the next next one bit of danger bit of a warning sign my my stress is is rising all three of those things at once um yeah not good um so let me just tell you about a situation um where this this um happened so um i was trying to reattach a curtain rail that had come off in our bedroom um, and so I was trying to drill a new hole in the wall and um, got a tiny bit into the wall and then suddenly just the drill bit, it wasn't going in at all. Whatever I did, put all my force behind it, I just couldn't get into the wall. Um, And so at that point my tendency is just to freeze. I'm like, I don't, what do I do? It's not working. There's a big hole in the wall and it's, it looks horrible, and what am I going to do? And so, a bit of turmoil, a bit of like, what am I going to do? So I decided to start researching, well, I need a drill bit that will get me into a really hard, solid wall. I think we've got, we've got stone on the outside of our house, so maybe it's, I've got into that. Um, so I started researching diamond drill bits that will, will get into this. And then, but then there's like so many decisions. You're looking, I'm looking on the internet at diamond drill bits, and there's ones that that need to be wet when you drill with them, and there's the special dry ones. What on earth do I go for? What am I doing? What do I... Decisions. And then, 
Kathy comes in, check on me, and in her love for me and wanting what is best for me, she says, maybe you could give someone a ring and ask for help. At that point, I just can't cope. Um, so half an hour more of turmoil and, ah, what am I going to do? I finally take her advice and I think I, I think I rang Peter. I think he was coming over anyway. Um, and he came over and um, later on and looked at my drill bits and said, yeah, they're only good enough for drilling into wood. Um, you just need some... I, I thought they were masonry drill bits, but they obviously weren't. Um, so why am I telling you this? I think um, I'm going to come back to it, but that, ah, I can't do life that I get into, that so immersed in the situation. And I want to come back to that and talk a little bit about that. So um, I'm going to go straight into uh, the verses now that I'm going to speak about, and but hopefully you'll see some of the link um, later on. So we've got some verses on the screen. This is carrying on in Colossians, um, chapter 3, um, verses 15 to 17. So I'm just going to read those out. I think they're on the screen for you. It says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And this is all about how we should live, and, and I think a lot of it, um, I feel, can be sometimes a response to, to difficult circumstances, difficult situations in life. Obviously, I've described one that um, <laughs> is just a, almost a trivial one, but actually very real in the moment. Um, if you maybe just click on the next slide, just to what stood out to me from these verses as I read them was these three things in three verses. It says, always be thankful. Now it says, with thankful hearts, giving thanks. And it's, it's just really challenged me as I've sort of looked at these verses, thought about them, is that's what God's response um, and what, what he's saying to me, but I believe to us today um, in life, is be thankful. And it seems a very simple thing. Um, I'm like, how, hang on a minute, God. If you only knew how hard it is sometimes. Isn't there a more practical solution, something I can do? Um, just be thankful. But actually, the more I've, I've looked at it, uh, I've both realized how hard I find it to live thankfully, um, but I've also realized I need to change and how important it is to live thankfully. You see, I'm weak. I find it so easy to look at the negatives in my life. And um, I'm the sort of person who, who loves to achieve, loves to do things, and, and when things don't go right, like DIY or other things, I struggle. When I even I just feel like I've not achieved something in a day, then I find myself saying, well, what's the point? And actually, you say that, and it sounds silly, but that is um, where I'm at. I'm very easily swayed by circumstances and what's happening. Um, and in short, I find it very hard to live thankfully. Okay, you might be feeling very thankful this morning, but you might be feeling, oh, I'm not very well. Maybe some of those people 
listening online and not been able to make it, like we talked about, um, there may be lots of genuine, real genuine struggles. Um, so why am I giving this talk if I'm saying I struggle with living thankfully? Well, I feel God's been really challenging me about it. And I think often when he does that, it's obviously for my own benefit, but also I think hopefully he's got something for me to, to share of what um, my struggles in that and how God's teaching me in it. Um, so I'm sure I'm not the only person who sometimes struggles with that. So um, I want to say a little bit about why. Why should we be thankful? Why does Paul, why is Paul who wrote this um, and God who inspired this keen for us to be thankful? Well, it changes our perspective. When we're thankful, we focus on what we have. Sorry, we focus on, yeah, we focus on what we have, not what we haven't. It helps us to recognize that, that we're dependent on God. When we're looking, lifting our eyes from our circumstances and looking at him um, and being thankful for what we do have, um, we recognize that actually we need him. When we're thankful, it gives glory to God. Um, and it's an antidote to the, the temptation to worship other things um, and to put other things as our goal in life. Our culture is, is always seeking something we don't have. We live in a, a very much of a consumer society. Um, I was doing a bit of reading about this. In fact, I listened to another talk in it. Um, I've just always lived in a consumer society, but um, apparently it's not always been like that. Okay? Um, I think deliberately after the, the Second World War, um, companies, and it was encouraged... Um, advertising to make people want things, to boost the economy, to sell things so that um, everyone would want something. And that's what we're, we're trained to think, isn't it? We want things that we haven't got. Um, we need things that we haven't got. That's, that's what advertising says. And um, for me, I think, I wouldn't say I struggle so much with wanting things I've not got, but actually what I do find it very easy to be is I want comfort that I don't have. I want my life to be easy. Okay? Um, but actually, that's not always what God has for us. I think there's a phrase that um, I've heard, I don't know who said it first, but God's more interested in our um, character than our comfort. And I think um, often we want the comfort, we want things to be easy, but that's not always what God has for us. When we're thankful, it helps us to live peacefully and joyfully and it makes the gospel attractive to other people if we are thankful people who live joyfully if we're always complaining and grumbling um, then we, we might fit in well with people around us but actually we don't stand out as different um, and we don't make it attractive for people to want to have this relationship with God if it doesn't look very very good very um, attractive to people. So it's easier said than done, isn't it? It's easier said than to be thankful. And we, we've got to be real, not artificial or false. We can't just say the right things and say, oh yeah, I'm thankful, being thankful to God. Oh, I didn't die this morning, so I'm thankful to God. It's not, that's, we, it's, yeah, we can be super spiritual about it. We can say that sort of thing. No, we've got to be real and genuine and recognize that life can be really hard and really horrible 
um, and share those things with people we trust and get them to stand alongside us and help us. Um, but then choose to be thankful for what we do have and who God's made us to be and um, ultimately what he's done for us. So I want to get a bit practical and talk a little bit about how, what our response is, um, how do we be thankful, how do we go about it. Um, So firstly, and it goes back um, to a verse that we looked at in Colossians, it was one chapter ago, but that probably means about four or five months ago in terms of our preaching. So yeah, it's I think up on the screen now, this one. So I think Phil preached on this a while ago. But let your roots go, grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. So as we build our lives on God, as we stand in him, our faith will grow strong as our roots go down into him. And then out of that place, we can overflow with thankfulness. As we fill our hearts and minds with the truth about God, how big, important, and strong he is, um, we overflow in thankfulness. And a lot of that is about our worship to God in thankfulness. And... um, I'm going to ask Kathy to come and say a bit about worship because I think um, I could say a bit, but her heart is a, such a heart of a worshipper that I thought it would be very good if she said this bit. So, um, yeah, do you want to grab one? Thank you. Um, sorry that I'm in my hat and everything. Unlike Keith, I'm freezing, if you know me well. I'm always cold. The other thing you'll know about me, if you know me well, is that when some people could use five words, I use 50. So I've got five minutes to do this bit. Keith's very kindly given me, and I'm going to try super hard to get it in that time. Um, so I want to focus in on um, the verse, verse 16. Um, can we have the next slide? Is that... Uh, it'll appear in a minute. Okay. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So we're called to worship. We're called to worship God. And if you don't know God, if you aren't familiar with his character, then you might be tempted to think that that is an egotistical, narcissistical thing, that God is demanding our praise and worship. Um, in all honesty... Even if there wasn't any benefit for us, he would still deserve our worship and our praise because he is God. And we can get caught up in the fact that we're human and we measure people in our human framework, but he is beyond that. He is outside that, so he is worthy. But the wonderful, wonderful truth is that it does us good as well. So there's one really practical thing that I've got here. Singing truth helps it to do what it says in the verse, to dwell in us richly. So... I've done a lot of research. My, my degree was in psychology. I'm training as a counsellor. I do a lot of thinking about the brain and how stuff works and all the rest of it. Melodies help us to remember lyrics. They act a bit like a scaffold. I've got a picture there of a scaffold with fabric hanging on it. And there's this thing in our, how our memory works called chunking, where we ch- our short-term memory can only absorb so many pieces of information. We chunk things down and we can lock that away. And when we have a melody, it gives us this 
chunk of lyrics that flows together and it helps us to remember more. So actually, if we sing truth, if we sing out the praises of God, of who he is, who we are because of him, his victory, who he makes us to be, those things are there more readily available for us when the father of lies comes and tries to tell you, actually, no, you're not going to make it, you're not going to be okay, you're not actually forgiven, then we've got that truth there. And if we're singing it and, and it's in us, it's more readily available. So it's not instead of reading the Bible, but it's an addition, it's a bonus, it helps us. The other thing that I think is just so beautiful is found in Psalm 22, verse 3. It says, yet you are holy, dwelling in the praises of Israel. Okay, so worship is like a gateway opening to God's presence. When we worship, it's a little bit like we're opening a door. God cannot help himself but come. When somebody stands and declares who God is, how beautiful he is, how marvelous his presence is, he is like magnetized to us. He's like, I've got to be there. Because I'm being declared. Oh, it's there. And he cannot stop himself. He cannot stop himself. He comes. Okay? Um, sometimes we can, when we're in the midst of the hard, rubbish, tough stuff, we don't feel like singing. I don't know about you. How many of you would say, yeah, do you know what? Sometimes I don't want to sing it. Thank you very much. Life sucks right now. Um, but in that moment, if we hold back our worship because we're just so peeved and actually don't want to sing, we're depriving ourselves. We're depriving ourselves of something marvelous. Because um, if we go on to the next, the next slide, we have that song. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Actually, that's not just a like. Ah, oh, nice lyric. This is how I fight my battles. I'm going to sing and it's all going to be fine. Actually, there's a biblical story in Chronicles where God's people have a horde coming against them and they do not know what to do. It says, we are powerless against this great horde that's coming against us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And then the king, who I'm going to mispronounce his name, Jehoshaphat, he, he's, he goes away, he spends some time, um, he's praying, he's crying out to God, and he's speaking as well with the, with, with the people, wise people, he's taking counsel. And then he comes up with a plan. Okay, this horde is coming. Okay, we're go we've got this plan, guys, we've got this plan. Okay, you guys who are the singers, who do the worship, you're going to go out at the front of the army, right? Okay, that's his plan. His plan is... The worship team. So it would be like saying, Matt, I'm going to have you up front, please. You know, we're going to lead the army. We're going to go sing it. People may have thought, the weapons. Surely you want, like, the archers at the front. But he wanted the worshippers at the front. Because what happens when you worship is God's presence comes. And in his presence is fullness of joy, Psalm 16, blessing, that's the story from 2 Samuel, um, that's about when the Ark of the Covenant goes to, um, oh, what's his name, Obed? Obed-Eden. Obed-Eden, 
Yes, goes to his house because what happens is um, they're carrying the ark. Somebody accidentally puts their hand on it because there's a stumble and they think, oh no, it's going to fall. That person's struck down. And then David and all the people are like, oh my goodness, that's powerful. You look after that for a bit, we're a bit scared. And in that house where the ark is, God's blessing comes. God's blessing comes because God's presence is there. Okay, so God's blessing comes. And God's authority. In Philippians, it says, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. So when we worship, we declare who God is. He comes and presences himself. And in his presence, blessing, victory, and joy. I'm going to stop now. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. That was excellent. Um, Good. So, worship. Yeah. Um, I just want to take us back a verse um, and look at at verse 15. It's something that will um, help us. It's that first little bit. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. That, that, that word rule in your hearts, apparently it literally means like an umpire. Imagine an umpire in a, in a sporting event who's in charge, organizing it, but also they, what they say goes there, they make the decisions. And it, what we need to do is let God's peace make the decisions in our lives. He lives in us, and his peace rules in us. If we let it rule in us, then let it have the deciding say in every circumstance. Not our feelings having the deciding say, but God's peace living in us. And when we're peaceful, when we have that stability that comes from God's peace, that enables us to be thankful. In fact, it goes both ways. When we're thankful, we are then more peaceful. Um, So I think the next verse... Um, says, it does say it the other way around, in Philippians 4. Um, I think we've got that one up there, yeah. Um, so, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. This peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So, when we let the peace rule in our hearts we are thankful um, it's so much easier to be thankful as a response and when we are thankful um, then it so often brings us peace and it's like a, the opposite of a vicious cycle whatever that is <laughs> a, a joyous cycle, a brilliant cycle but when we are peaceful we are thankful when we are thankful it's easier to be peaceful and linked to that um, I want to just ask you, what, what do you think is the greatest thing you could ever learn in life? Well, I don't know, we could all come up with different things. Um, you could, um, well, I could as a math teacher say, well, it's, it's solving quadratic equations. That's, that's the thing you want to learn. If you're going to learn anything, you want to learn how to solve a quadratic equation. I could say, well, actually, DIY. If I could learn one thing, I'd love to be so much better at DIY. Um, learn to play a musical instrument that would be something that would be brilliant um, to learn I'd love to be able to join in with worship in an, as an instrument as well or something like that but a lot of the things that we learn are maybe limited because um, you have to have a certain 
background of education to be able to learn it. Or you um, have to have enough finances to pay the fees. Um, but this thing that I'm going to talk about to learn doesn't need any of those things. It doesn't even need the time to study. And it's something that Paul tells us in another book that he'd learnt. So we can just put the next, there we go, the next verse. I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Isn't that awesome? To learn to be content. And then he goes on to say, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Have you learned that secret? Have you learned to be content in every circumstance? I can't say I have, but I am trying to learn, and I think that's where God wants us to be, um, to learn to be content. So, uh, again, love diagrams, so we've got another diagram here, but this is, I think, tying these things together. Um, just put that next one up, Roger, thank you. Um, so, peace leads us to being thankful thankfulness um, can help us to be peaceful and all of that is about learning to be content but at the very center as you can see there it's all about Christ in us that's what we've been preaching all the way through Colossians it's about Jesus in us we can't do this on our own Um, and so um, and it ties in I think you can just click on to the next one just um God puts his strength in us. We bring our worship to him, as Kathy shared. So just in closing, I just want to um, just talk about um, coming back to me, <laughs> back to me, um, an example of that. And I think I've um, very much, it's interesting, I didn't talk to Matt about what I was preaching about, but that song that we sang earlier, I'm Not a Victim, that's been a really important one to me because I think I've realized that it's so easy to live with a victim mentality um, for myself and to live with that why is all this happening to me Um, so one thing that God really spoke to me through um, and it comes back to how the word dwells in us richly of just letting verses really speak to us from the Bible I read a very familiar verse uh, from Hebrews 11 um, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And that verse, it just spoke to me again. I'd read it lots of times before, but this was a couple of months ago. And it just, um, that it's not faith if you can see it. Faith is the things we've not seen. So if we can see how God is working in a situation and see how it's going to work out and see what it's going to look like, then actually, that's great, but that's not the faith. The faith comes before that. The faith comes when we're stuck in a horrible situation and we can't see the way out. And the faith comes to say, God, I know that you are good and that you're going to lead me through this. So I wrote down, often write down things that I'm thinking and praying, and I just thought I'd read this. This is what I wrote down, 6th of October. I was, I think, life was stressful. I can't remember exactly the circumstances, but I wrote this down after reading that verse. I wrote, faith says, yes, life is busy and stressful, but I have a hope beyond that. 
Life is bigger than what I see. My goal isn't to be comfortable. Faith is trusting in God and believing what he says to be true, not being guided by my fears and anxieties. I know that your plans for me are good, so I won't live with a victim mentality in life, thinking that everything is too hard or against me. And I can live in boldness, not worrying about what people think, because what you think, Father, matters, and you have good for me. And um, that was for me declaring that, and um, I was just looking through it a f- few days later, I, I was managed to write, um, thank you, circumstances haven't got easier, but I feel lighter, you're at work in me. And then, no rules or disciplined efforts are going to change me, heart change from the inside will, as your word dwells in me richly and changes me, and your spirit fills me. And I'm not always in that place of, of yeah, wow, look what you're doing, God, I'm looking at that. But what I'm trying to learn is that looking higher, looking at God's and um, looking above my circumstances. Um, As I said there, it's not about trying really hard. It's about coming to God and saying, I need you, I need your help. Please fill me with your spirit and help me to let your peace rule in my heart, to help me live thankfully bringing our worship to God and saying, um, yeah, I need you, God. Obviously, when you live as a victim, you're always seeking to blame someone for your problems, whether that's God or people around you. And you aren't always the nicest person to be around. And unfortunately, it's probably my family that that know that most about me when I've I've been in that place. But actually... um, truth is I'm a loved accepted child of God and I don't have everything sorted but I'm learning to be content that's where I want to to be so I don't know if we've got have we got time for a song or we need yeah so um if you have to come up Martin Becky just as we um let's just bring our praise and worship to God um as we've said whether we feel like it or not let's choose to worship and then Afterwards, at the end, if, obviously, if you, you want to come and just someone to stand with you in your circumstances or just to, to pray with you, then obviously we'd, we'd love to do that as well. Thank you. Keith and Kathy, that was excellent. Thank you. Very challenging, I think. Should we just, should we just stand? So I think we, it would be good because a lot of, of what... Keith and Kathy have talked about his worship. We, we should finish with worship. But that, what Keith is saying is not a passive thing. It's an active thing. It's making choices to worship, even when we don't feel like it. So let us, let us enjoy the worship. Let us declare these things. Let us come back to the heart of worship, which is keeping our eyes fixed on on him and declaring his truth.